This is Young Versus Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Colby Smith. I am with you until the 11 o'clock hour, at which point I will be followed by a bunch of other shows. My guest today is Tim Keck. He is a comedian. He is a writer. Uh, he's a raconteur. He's kind of a, a, what I would call a modern renaissance man. Would you see that as a fair description? Hey, Colby! <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. I love the renaissance. I love art. I love polka dots. I love buildings made of glass. You like I love sand on the beach. I love pointy hats. I love flying machines that you pedal. I love cars that you crank. I am a man of the Renaissance. Yeah, I would say I would say for me, I'm kind of a uh, uh, I'm more of an Arabian Nights kind of guy. Mm, yeah. Scarves, yeah. sashes, hooked swords, yeah, scimitars, bathhouses. Uh huh. ESPN has concluded. The landmark documentary series, The Last Dance. Uh, they aired two episodes every Sunday night for five weeks. We checked in about the first couple episodes on this show, and now we're going to check in about the length of the series on this show. And to do that, my guest is Tim Keck. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He's sort of a renaissance man. Okay. Uh, yeah, all those things describe me. Hey, Colby. I like Michael Jordan. I'm a fan. Is he better than LeBron? Uh, maybe. Uh, is he know. better than Steve Nash? Who can say? Is he uh, even the best, the third best person on the championship Bulls team? I'm not convinced. Um, could he beat, I don't know, uh, Horace Grant in a three-point shooting contest? I don't know. I don't know if these questions were answered during the doc, but damn it if I didn't enjoy it. Michael Jordan's awesome. That was my takeaway yeah. from this, is he's fucking Awesome. He's red. And maybe today, his behavior... I think he came in at the sweet spot, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know if his, his behavior would, would fly in the same way. I guess we, we saw it with Kobe. And we never yeah. were like, oh, I don't know if his behavior... Kobe was that guy. And Kobe, people hated Kobe until, like, his last couple years in the league, yeah. too, by the way. If you weren't a Lakers fan, people were very over Kobe. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's not the same at all. Like, Kobe, like, very intentionally took... Like, read the Michael Jordan playbook and then, like, tried to... Apply that to himself. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like a rich kid who grew up in Italy, and like Michael Jordan comes from just like abject country North Carolina poverty. Yeah. Like it's not the same. It's not going to work in the same way. It's super different. It's an interesting mentality. I wonder. I feel like you don't hear about other people nowadays with the same kind of mentality. Maybe, like, Jimmy Butler yeah. is, like, the closest person we have. Like, an asshole who expects the best of his teammates, but he's just, like, not good enough. Right, right. <laughs> to be. He's, like, not... He's, I feel like he's not likable in the same way that Jordan is also, even though I do love Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler now. It sounds like he's... Jimmy Butler seems like an awesome teammate now. Like, he had that... He has, like, a $500 bet <laughs> with uh, uh, Bam Adebayo on, like... Yeah. Every game that Bam doesn't shoot a three-pointer, he owes Jimmy Butler $500. And Jimmy Butler's going to give him $500 for every time. He doesn't even have to make the three. He just has to shoot the three. But I also heard that Jimmy Butler ices him out at the end of games. Because he doesn't (laughs) want to have to pay him. And that's, that's some Jordan shit. If Jimmy Butler was better, if Jimmy Butler was like, Top three best players. In the yeah. If we were if we were saying LeBron, <laughs> Kawhi, Kevin Durant, 
<laughs> Jimmy Butler in the same sentence, then you've got a case. <laughs> if we had, if he had a couple rings, <laughs> if he had a ring. We could be having the Jimmy Butler as the next go. Like, what he's doing is really working. <laughs> <laughs> the proof's in the pudding, folks. Just bullying people and being a jerk, but he gets results. Yeah, I feel like this is like one of the most fun. It was. It's like the running gag of the whole documentary is like how slight. Is the thing going to be that someone says to piss Jordan off so that he scores 60 points for no reason? I forget which episode it was in and who they were even talking about. But the guy who supposedly said, hey, great game, Mike. And then it came back later that he just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) Then he, like, told people that this guy told him, hey, great game, Mike. Like, being a jerk after a game. And so that then the following game, he just, like, crushed this dude and, like, didn't let him do anything. When it turns out he just made up that the guy said that. (laughs) Really just to give himself... Like, a, a a spark to, like, light the fuse that is his toxic personality. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, it's so... Yeah, you're right. It is kind of toxic. I mean, I, I feel like it is the word toxic. It seems like Michael Jordan is simultaneously a terrible person to be around. Yeah. And a really fun hang. Oh, yeah. And I wonder if... I wonder how much of that we... They, like, his teammates actually saw. Yeah. Like, was Steve Kerr... Like, did he know the, like, fun Michael Jordan... Yeah. Or was he just knowing the, the asshole Michael Jordan? Yeah. It feels like a lot of people in this documentary were like, oh, this guy's an asshole. You know who his best friends were? Were the people he was who was not on his team. Yes. Because they didn't have to practice with him. They didn't have to put up with his shit. <laughs> yeah. He'd just be like in another country hanging out with Magic Johnson. Yeah. And that sounds great. They, that sounds like they had a great time. It definitely does. Uh, all that stuff about the Olympic team, the dream team, um, was, like, so fast. And you get, like, footage of those practices that, like, no one knew existed, which is, like, so awesome. But, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, everybody in the team is just, like, yeah, and then uh, Michael was a huge asshole to me for six years. (laughs) (laughs) But there is that moment at the end of, I want to say it's, like, the end of, like, episode seven or eight, where he, like, starts to, like, break down crying a little bit, which, first of all, I will say, how little does it take to make this guy cry? <laughs> He's a baby. This guy's like watching uh uh watching the Matrix be like oh I thought the world was real. <laughs> anyway, so he's like breaking down crying at the end of this one episode and he's just like he's like I I like this is the best thing I knew to do. Like, it's an incredibly earnest moment from him where he talks about, like, his, his like, treatment of players, like, riding everybody yeah. uh, on the team and everything. And he's just like, this is what I thought was going to, like, work. This is what I thought was going to, like, make us win. And it did. Like, yeah, it's a, a great insight. I mean, he was right in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, his way worked. I mean, count him. I, I've been trying to figure out because I don't really remember. I mean, I was not. I guess I wasn't a, I guess I was alive when this happened, <laughs> but not coherent of, like, how good the Bulls actually were. But the impression I got is, like, that last season, they were not great. Yeah. And, like, without Scottie Pippen, it's like, oh, shit, we have uh, nothing else going on. Yeah. It sounds like Steve Kerr was, like, I think someone said in that last game, like, Steve Kerr, and I forget who the other guy was, but Kerr was making, like, averaging, like, 10 points a game, and he had, like, 20 in, like, the last, like, finals game. Like, I don't know. It, it just... It it felt very much like that one, uh, like Cavs Golden State, like uh, finals game, like like the like game one of that finals 
where Kevin Love was hurt, Kyrie Irving was hurt, and it was just LeBron James. The J.R. Smith game, yes. where J.R. Smith fucked it at the end, but it was just LeBron James grinding it out with yeah. a bunch of nobodies for like 44 straight minutes, and then just like coming up short at the end, except Michael Jordan closed. Yeah. But that's kind of what it feels like for some of these. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely accurate. I think Scottie Pippen was great. Yeah. But in the times when Scottie Pippen went down, it really seemed like, oh, they have nothing else Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. It's like a big drop-off after Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing against Kerr, who seems like a really rad dude. He seems like the best. He seems awesome. I, like, came away from this thing, because, like, before this, I was like, oh, like, I, I think I hate Steve Kerr because, like, I don't like the Warriors, you know? But after this, I was like, I would die for this man. Yo, <laughs> we we should do a uh, I don't I don't know if it's a podcast trope, but we should do like a stock up, stock down for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. like Steve Kerr, stock up for me a hundred percent. Maybe most improved stock. <laughs> Maybe the highest Steve Kerr improvement was Steve. Kerr. After this, incredible. Because like, up until this point, the only thing I really know him. From, like, the moment that sticks out of his for me is after they got, they added freaking Durant to the team, and uh, people were rightfully upset about this, and uh, him just going like, what's the big deal? It's in the rules. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not breaking any rules. (laughs) Some part of him had to be like, oh yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Like, they they all knew. So yeah, I mean, he seems like an incredibly level-headed, like, a reasonable guy otherwise. We just added maybe the best player in the league to our championship team. Maybe the best team of all time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, such bullshit. But his speech at the end where he's, like, ribbing Jordan was oh, maybe one of the best. It was the, it was the best, like, dad yeah. corporate speech. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love. That, like, I'm going to have to bail Michael out again. Yeah. Line. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Tim, I'm getting word that a certain Matt Strickland is on the line now. Oh, my God. Let's, let's, get, him, let's get him in here. Hey. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Where you what been? Up, buddy? Sorry about that. No problem. You were in the shower. I did. I forgot. I went for a run and then I forgot about this and then I decided to jump <laughs> in the shower at like 7.40. Hey, that's no problem. What's going on? We were just talking about the Steve Kerr episode and how like neither of us were huge Steve Kerr fans before this and how like how much his stock has risen in the time just since watching that episode. Yeah, I had no idea about his dad. No, oh, the dad thing was crazy. A I, wild story. I, I owe Steve Kerr an apology because they started talking about Steve Kerr in the seventh episode, and I turned to Cole, and I texted people, and I was like, what a fucking waste of our time. <laughs> I, I can't believe they're going to Kerr, the fucking Steve Kerr in episode seven of the Michael Jordan doc. Yeah. And boy, was I wrong. I ate my words. That was a fascinating story. It was a great He's a story. fascinating guy. I think it's super interesting. I also just like his vibe. I like how the guy was just like, so did you talk to Jordan about how you both lost your dads? And he was just like, no. <laughs> yeah. That no. Would, that would suck. None of us, we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> just like imagine, imagine Steve Kerr going up to Michael Jordan in the locker room <laughs> after a practice and just being like, Hey, Mike, isn't it funny how both of our dads were shot and killed? <laughs> Anything you want to say about that? Cool, huh? <laughs> the only difference is Steve Kerr's dad wasn't killed over his massive gambling debt. <laughs> right. mm. So I want to kick things off with, like, uh, one of my, maybe my favorite moment from the doc that did not come from Jordan himself. 
which is when they ask Scottie Pippen what the team was like when MJ left <laughs> in 93, like you hear the director go, uh, and what was the team like in 93 with uh, that first season without Michael? And Scottie Pippen goes, great. <laughs> Didn't have nobody yelling at him all the time. <laughs> Scotty like, Pippen's a big winner out of the whole thing. He he is nice like the MVP man. Like Seriously, he has an incredible attitude. Everybody loves him. Apparently, I saw a headline that apparently Scotty's really mad about his portrayal in the doc, which I don't quite understand. Or maybe he's just mad at jo- what Jordan said or something. I don't know. I don't know what he would be mad about. That he really just has like the two incidents, right? Which yeah. is like his like the migraine game, and right. uh, him like sitting i guess oh and then the, i mean, I guess the back thing i guess there are multiple times in which scotty pippen lets jordan and the team down but <laughs> 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 things that are not necessarily his play but uh yeah i don't know I, I i came away thinking that his stock went up i mean i me too i wonder if jordan just like threw some like really subtle shots at him that like we wouldn't even register but like scotty knows from some like weird like some inside shit that like Jordan slighted him in some way. He opens it up saying there would be no Michael Jordan if without Scottie Pippen. I'm just saying Jordan's like a notorious asshole. So I'm sure he found a way to asshole. I'm sure throughout the dock in ways that we don't even know. Matt, you were saying that you agree with Scottie though, right? That you think it's very unfair to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole documentary is incredibly unfair to Scottie uh migraines are real <laughs> what do you think of pizzagate okay so pizzagate uh yeah i thought that was interesting that's a story i had heard for a while um that like people in utah i had heard the fact that there was someone in utah who had been bragging about they were the one who poisoned jordan but i never had heard jordan confirm that it was food poisoning rather than a uh-huh. flu which is i mean I wonder if that would be easier to play with than the flu. Cause the flu you're so weak and like with food poisoning, you can only throw up and shit so much. So like once you're empty, you can go out there and ball. So I don't know. It makes me think less of him. I think he's sort of weak. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree that it is not food poisoning is not nearly as impressive as the flu game. Like, it went from him being, like, physically ill and too weak to, like, carry, walk to, like, Jordan's, like, not jumping his eye because he's holding shits in. It's, like, (laughs) it's just, like, it's not the same vibe. He's trying not to throw up on the sidelines. Uh, I don't know. Food poisoning sucks. I would not want to play with food poisoning. I mean, it's still very impressive, but it's slightly less. How long does food poisoning last? I mean, usually for me, like 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking back I don't think I've ever had food poisoning poison. so bad that it's been like more than a day and even yeah. like more yeah. than like 13 hours. Like the first 13 hours, once it like breaks, it hits, yeah. It's like awful. But then, you know, I'm sure he had like a fucking IV going into him in the locker room. I'm sure he was yeah, like yeah, hydrated yeah. and fine. Yeah. I'm sure he's just getting hydrated like crazy. I do think you, you said that like we kind of heard, had heard the pizza story before. I feel like I'd also heard people say like he just was hung over for that game. I but had heard that rumor too. This documentary convinced me that 
he always partied and he always stayed out late. Yes. And that he just never got hung. Like the idea of him being too hung over to play just doesn't carry with me no. anymore. I no. think that theory's out the window. Was there anything yes. in this documentary that you did not believe? I mean, it's all pretty like there was nothing super outlandish in the doc. You know, it's all like stories that if you've read, you know, the Halberstam book or, or Jordan rules, like stuff that we've all heard uh-huh. um, a million times. So there, I don't, I don't know. Is there something that I didn't believe? No, not really. Yeah. yeah. Same. Even with like the biggest conspiracy theory of them all, the like one about his dad getting murdered by the mob and all that stuff. I do, and I guess it's more so like the retirement thing or like the, the supposedly like forced retirement. I believe that there is a scenario where Jordan is like so messed up by the death of his dad that he like decides to make this like radical change. Because like one of the first like big moments in the doc is when he like basically admits that like when he was a child, he felt like he had to compete to get his father's love. So like now this person who he ha- is like, Freudian subconsciously like getting all of this validation from as he like wins and wins and wins is now not there. Like I could see that rattling him to the point where he leaves the league. Me too. And also knowing what I know about David Stern, I just don't think there's any way where like David Stern would let the value of the league go down immediately like that. You know, yeah. Jordan leaves and the value of every team and like every TV contract goes down. Right. And like David Stern would just like, I like, I love the the idea that he like secretly suspended him, but. It's fun to think about. And it's also fun because it's, it's supposedly because Jordan was betting on his own games. And I feel like the thing that we overlook in this story is how fucking badass that is. Oh yeah. If true, that's incredible. Wait, it depends which way he's betting. If he's <laughs> betting no on way Jordan to win, is shaving points. That's awesome. No way that's happening. If if he's betting on himself to win, I think yeah. every player should be allowed to do that, <laughs> and I think it should be encouraged for players to lay their more of their own money on the line yeah. for a victory. If he's betting for them to throw a game, uh, <laughs> that's, yes. then I think he's a scumbag. But I mean, you know he's not doing that. Like, that man I is mean, not being no. like, I'm going to throw this game. The only reason he would throw a game is if somehow he could win uh, a bunch of money doing it. <laughs> that's the only scenario in which Michael Jordan would try to lose I don't know. I don't know if he would. Because, I don't, like, yeah, I don't think there's any amount of money. Like, Jordan doesn't care about money as much as he cares about winning. Like, he lost in that weird quarter game to the security guard, and you can see he's, like, fuming. He's so pissed off, yeah. Like, that's the literally the only thing he cares about. That's why his kids aren't mentioned in the doc, is because he cares more about winning than he does about them. <laughs> yeah. Why, why'd you want to see their kids? Yeah. Who cares about his kids? They show up at the very end just to be like, be like, when we were in Utah, oh, boy, that was scary. We weren't allowed to go. We couldn't go anywhere. We watched them on TV. It's like, well, we all watched them on TV, okay? I don't need any more insight from whatever. I just want to say, too, that I think the single best idea that the, that the director and, like, the crew had was showing Jordan stuff that people said about him on that little gray iPad. Yes, that's a great one. I mean, that was by far the best, because the most interesting stuff were just his wordless facial expressions. Yes. Like, that, that, told me, that tells me more about Jordan than any, like talking head interview being like you know he was really competitive with magic johnson and the dream yeah. team like 
just his face, like watching Gary Payton talk shit, is like <laughs> no, that's man. it. They did Payton dirty. Payton's yeah. like all about how he was able to shut Jordan down, and then Jordan immediately just laughs at it like yeah. no fucking way. I and I was no like, problem. oh man, that yeah. sucks. I had no problem with the glove. Makes fun of his nickname <laughs> too, which is one of the great all-time nicknames. Yeah, the glove's a very cool nickname. Glove's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites, favorite things that you get. It, it's like a moment that's like peppered in throughout the doc is whenever. Jordan talks about specific things that like motivated him to like crush someone where he's like Malone getting MVP. Okay. Okay. Fine. That's how it's going to be. Okay. Fine. Like he goes into this, like this, like weird staccato, like, okay. 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 <laughs> Apparently Carl Malone was one of the like only people that they got a no from. Really? Yeah. Cause like Barkley's in it. Magic's in it. Patrick Ewing's in it, you know, like every Stockton's yeah. in it. Carmelo was the only like person they asked to do it who said no. I'll tell you, I like, I wish they, there was some mention. I don't know how it would have been really shoehorned in, but just so they could show Jordan on the iPad to be, for like them to ask Steve Kerr, like, cause Steve Kerr was on the 72 win Bulls and then he mm-hmm. coached the 73 win Warriors. Just something where they were like, which of those teams do you think is better? Cause you were like involved in both of them. Because I think that would have driven Jordan, like, insane. Oh, absolutely. God, I just want to, like, I could watch a doc that is just 10 episodes of them showing Jordan shit that people say about him. <laughs> yeah. Jordan reacts. And him reacting to it, yeah. I'll tell you uh, what I, I've thought of what I was the most surprised by or couldn't believe. I still can't believe that, like, I didn't know the full extent of Jerry Krause wanting to break up the championship team mm-hmm. and, like, why that was... That like that is shocking to me. That's like the Spurs firing Greg Popovich, and after like they beat the Heat, yeah. Like what? What? That would never happen in a million years. Now it's so crazy that Jerry Krause was able to just completely destroy this team, which I think still has the record from win jump from like most wins to least amount of wins in Mm -hmm. like a single season. It's so crazy, and like they do such a good job too of threading through all those moments of a sports reporter asking Jerry Krause to comment on how much the Bulls are winning and him going, well, it's not really the team. It's more the organization. Yeah. And that's like year one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, and I apologize for making this the reference, but it's like when Broad City got a series order and everyone in charge at UCB was like, well, this is more of a win for the theater. (laughs) I mean, truly. That's a great analogy. <laughs> it kind of, it's it kind of, an it's, it, there is a moment later on, like towards the end, where, where Scottie Pippen calls Jerry Krause one of the greatest general managers of all time. I know. That is so generous. It's but incredibly he, generous. But he is. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, you know? He's got to be. I mean, he built this team of role players around Jordan. He gave him all the things he needed to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think, I I mean, here's the thing. I think what like R.C. Buford did in San Antonio is way more impressive than like what Jerry Krause did. Like Jerry Krause, like draft, like didn't draft Jordan. He lucked into Jordan when he got hired after Jordan was already there. And then he traded away Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright, which is like, I think in retrospect, a bad trade. He drafted Scotty. That's great. 
And then everything else is just like, I don't know, eventually you put, like, you're going to get the right role players around Jordan. I don't think him being like, oh, let's get Ron Harper is like a game changer, you know? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he, there's any, like, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker level, like, genius moves that he did or, like, some great trade. Like, Danny Ainge has done more, like, great moves in the last 15 years than Jerry Krause. I don't know. I think, that, I think it's very generous to give him a lot of credit for, like, it's, like, almost – you're right. The proof is in the pudding, like rings matter, but it's, it is a little bit like saying like, it's not as impressive as like, uh, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The Toronto GM. Yeah. Masai. Masai. Masai just like built this championship team somehow got Kawhi Leonard and like pulled off this heist, you know, and made like ballsy trades to make it happen. Uh, and that's impressive. I know, like, but I mean, Jerry Krause I, had the greatest player ever to live. Like, you're going to eventually win if you have the greatest player ever to live. That's fair. I think to say that he is Fuck a, that dead you know, fat man. <laughs> I, think, I think to say he's shitty, to say he's probably an above average general manager. To say he's one of the greatest yeah. of all time, I don't know if I believe that. I agree with you. But to say that he just sucks, I think, is giving him, selling him a little short. He obviously yeah, did. All right. Yeah, he doesn't suck. He doesn't suck. And nobody in there said that he was a bad general manager either. Yeah, they're just they're mad at him for this specific thing. It's for his personality. People yeah. are like, oh, as a human being, he's trash, yes. but he's good at his job. But then and I guess you know what? He's, he's not good at his job because he's breaking this team up. And a lot of people think they might have won the next year, although they would have had to get by the Knicks. I mean, that's interesting. I've seen a lot of stuff like now of like what what happens if they run it back. And uh, I don't know. You got to think they've got as good a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was the weird lockout season where the Knicks were the eighth seed and they went to the finals. I mean, I love that season, obviously, because we went, not only did we go to the finals, but it like, that was the year of the Larry Johnson four point play, which is like one of my all time greatest Knicks moments. Um, and we beat the Pacers. I'm like, fuck the Pacers. But um, yeah, who knows? I think like they would have had as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, I, I would say Reggie Miller stock down in this. Uh, you were going to say stock down. <laughs> I would say stock down. I was saying stock up for sure. This guy shoving Jordan and then taking this shot, that's a dirty trick. No, I think. You don't shove black Jesus. <laughs> I hate Reggie Miller so much, but I also sort of think stock up. <laughs> that's really funny. Like, I like, it is, Jordan, you know, is so, like, such a mythic figure that for such a little shithead, like, he's a shithead, for him to just, like, shove him and be like, well, if I got you there, like, I don't know, I think that's funny. Okay, yeah, you're you're selling me. That's pretty awesome. It is awesome. I I can't tell. I said it was awesome. (laughs) I can't tell how good Reggie Miller is. As somebody who I guess pretty much missed it, looking back, it sounds like everybody who played with him or played against him yeah. talks about him like he's a superstar. Yeah. But I don't know if he – but it doesn't sound like he, he was. It sounds like he was, like, a very clutch baller. It sounds like he was, like, Joe Johnson or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a really high-ceiling, low-floor guy. Like, if he's not hitting shots, then, like, there's not much of a reason to even have him on the floor. But he can, like, be Steph Curry for a game. I mean, that just reminds me that, like, this game where the Bulls keep them to 54 points in the playoffs is, like, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever heard. It's crazy. <laughs> like, we should do, we should do, like, I feel like there's a tier of characters in this series that are, like, kind of MVPs of their own. And for me, one of those people is Tony Kukoc. 
I do love that. I like that he's just like, I don't know why these guys are being so mean to me. I'm from like a war-torn, ru- like, rubble country. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, I'm sorry some guy thinks I'm good, but my house exploded. <laughs> I know. They bent over backwards to crush his spirit in the Olympics, and then a couple months later, they're side by side with them. And they're just like, now Kukoc is all right. There is an amazing moment. Stock up for Kukoc. <laughs> yeah, stock up for Kukoc for sure. There's an amazing moment. It's, uh, it's, I think it's one of the Pacers playoff games in that last season where Kukoc, the game ends with Kukoc dunking down court, like yeah. on this breakaway. And he throws his arms up in the air and goes, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Where does everybody's uh, uh, stock up, stock down on Phil Jackson go? Up. Definitely stock up just considering, like, the last Phil Jackson taste in everyone's mouth was the Knicks, Mm -hmm. which I think this is, like, for everyone except for Knicks fans, even just, like, regular NBA fans, this is a nice palate cleanser to be like, oh, remember, like, he is actually one of the greatest coaches of all time and great basketball mind, and not just, like, someone who tweets, like, dumb shit about the Warriors making 60 million fucking drafting Frank Milikina. So I would say generally stock up. Definitely stock up. I mean, I also like after this was like reading up on his like tenure with the Lakers after this and like also how awesome it was that he went to, he went, he like won five more times, like with a completely different set of guys. Like that's incredible. He's really cool. You should read his book, Sacred Hoops. It's just him being like pretentious and like blowing smoke up his own ass, but in the most interesting way. I will definitely read that book. So now, just to be a dick, the, uh, the general manager that managed this team, he sucked. He's overrated. But Phil Jackson, greatest coach of all time, only had the best player that ever played. And then two top ten greatest players of all time with the Lakers when he got his rings. But we're putting him in the echelon. It was a triangle offense, Tim. I think I would point at most of the triangle offense. I don't know. If Jerry Krause wrote a cool book, maybe I'd think different. <laughs> I'm a cool book away from loving Jerry Krause. <laughs> cool. This is probably the main reason I like him because he wrote this book called The Last Season, which is about the 2004 Lakers, mm. uh, which is the team that lost to the Pistons. And he wrote it after that season and he just eviscerates Kobe. Oh, yes, yes. It's like the Jordan rules for Kobe, where he's just like, yeah, Kobe is an huge asshole. Yes, it's the Jordan rules for Kobe. Like, it's crazy that Phil Jackson himself wrote this book. Yeah. Like, it's such bad form for a coach to be like. (laughs) And then they hired him back the next year. Yes, it's so great. Like, it's very out of line that he did that. But, like, I wouldn't change it. (laughs) I wouldn't change it. That's That's why Phil Jackson rules. Yeah, he does rule. One of the coolest moments, I feel like, in this is him talking about how he just decided to accept Dennis Rodman's personality rather than like try (laughs) and change him. Just like periodically letting him go on these benders, knowing that he would like come back and feel like he got it out of his system. And then just like having like an incredible, like two, three weeks of games. That is like a very evolved, like that tells me that Phil Jackson's a good dad. How much of that do you buy? I buy it for sure. You buy the whole thing? I buy it, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think there's enough yeah. evidence, because he did, like, similar stuff with Ron Artest on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And was just, like, he's never been, like, an X's and O's coach, right? The, the reason why he's so great is because he's just, like, a good personality manager. And, like, notoriously, every year he, like, gives each 
player a book to read specified to their personality you know yeah. like he's he just gets he's a good psychologist yeah i'm wondering how much of it i think he's good at riding the wave but i mean <laughs> how how much control does anybody have over dennis rodman i guess is what i'm wondering i mean i feel like another like a lesser coach would have been like Dennis, Dennis this, is a problem. Get this through your fucking head. Like you've got to be here at practice. Like at this time, like you cannot go on this vacation. Like through the like in the middle of the season. Like that's bullshit. Like yeah. there's a more like militaristic, like authoritarian way to handle like a personality like Dennis Rodman's that just like doesn't work. I mean, essentially, we're just like talking about like how to handle the problem child in your classroom. You know, yeah. and it's like you can't change who they are. So like you figure out how to like work with it. You have to let them go wrestle Hulk Hogan, which is I mean, so fucking. Fun. That is one of the funniest things. They're just like, where's Dennis? And they turn around and there's a TV on in the corner of the room. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's he's in Vegas with Hulk Hogan. Stock up, stock down on Hulk Hogan and Carmen Electra. <laughs> oh, my God. Carmen uh, Electra. How funny is it that Carmen Electra is in this documentary more than Luke Longley? <laughs> Was Luke Longley in it at all? He wasn't in it at all. He he doesn't look. He hasn't aged nearly as well as Carmen Electra has, though. <laughs> well, there you Carmen go. Electra still fucking incredible. <laughs> Who do you think Carmen Electra had like a more tumultuous relationship with, Dennis Rodman or Dave Navarro? <laughs> that's that's uh, an impossible call. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis was more fun. Dennis yeah. does seem like his. I feel like Dennis Rodman comes off extremely well in this. Oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman, cool. Cool nail polish. Have you ever seen the movie Simon Says? No. No, but I've played the game. Check it out. Just do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's a uh, it's an action movie where Dennis Rodman plays like a CIA, James Bond type guy, and Dane Cook is his funny sidekick. Fat oh, Dane Cook. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm watching this tonight. 1997. It's okay. really good. When you said Dennis Rodman's in this movie, I thought... Well, I hope they cast like a talented co-star who can carry him with his incredible acting ability. And the fact yeah, that Dennis he, Rodman and Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> him and Dane Cook is a power combo that I need to no. see. Matt, you have given me and our listeners an incredible gift <laughs> tonight. It's like you, seeing Dave Chappelle pop up in like the Nutty Professor, you know, like a, just a stand-up legend, but like yes. way before it broke big. <laughs> yeah. You know what else Dave Chappelle pops up in is uh, You've Got Mail. A Star is Born. Oh, oh yeah. And Star is and Born. And Con Air. And Con Air. Oh, yeah. Con Air is a classic. Yeah, 97 was big for Chappelle. Con Air and You've Got Mail. It's all been downhill from Ch for Chappelle from there. <laughs> How much would you guys pay for a, a full 10 episodes on The Wizards years? I mean, I do want to know more about that time. I want to know about that, especially because those teams were like, Michael Jordan had an equally contentious relationship with the GM, only the GM was also him. And it was just like, he would get mad that like Christian Leitner wasn't playing well, but he was the one who traded for him. He had it, he had them trade for, or he traded for Charles Oakley, who was like 41 at the time, just <laughs> so he could hang out with Charles Oakley. <laughs> trade for all the people he wanted to play with like wasn't his old coach that guy he had before phil jackson too yeah doug collins i think yes. yeah doug collins was the wizards coach doug too, collins comes off really well in this too yeah i think he does he's apparently he's like one of those coaches that all the players love for like two years because he's just like a really warm fun guy but then they'll lose and he just like will start to cry and then he'll like people lose respect for him 
Oh, geez. Okay. Well, he's just soft. You know, he's too soft for this world. He's like Scott Burrell. He's too nice. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Burrell. Oh, big winner. Scotty Burrell, big winner, I think. Scotty Burrell <laughs> stock up for sure with Scotty Burrell. He's awesome. Doesn't seem like a good player. Seems like a great hang. No, Michael just being like, he's too nice a guy. It's a problem. Maybe Scotty, maybe that's why they were close. Is because he gave up on Scotty Burrell's potential as a basketball <laughs> player and started trying to shape him into the perfect wingman. <laughs> I would have liked more of stuff about, like, Jordan's weird psychology. Like, they were basically just like, Jordan is mean to people, but, like, that makes them respect him. He'll punch Steve Kerr. But there was also, like, Jordan would do weird shit, like, be- become best friends with Charles Barkley just so he could, like, get into his head. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I wish there was more of, like, more of like the sociopathic like the space jam games where everyone's like cool we get to go play in la and he's like i'm just scouting out i'm taking notes on all these guys i do kind of wish there was more space jam pickup game footage bill simmons said that was like all they had which is devastating but i guess they didn't like record it they just got some clips and that was it we saw all of it but you're right but though that's 100 the stuff i want to see more yeah i can't believe i'm saying it but i just wish there was more michael jordan in the stuff <laughs> i could have well, definitely I wish there was more verite stuff you know because it, it, it yeah. the way it was described and like hyped up was like oh there's so much behind the scenes footage of jordan being jordan and we're finally going to get to see the real jordan there's so much just like fly on the wall stuff and then there really wasn't that much. It was mainly just talking heads being like, Jordan's grid. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that was my biggest disappointment through the thing is like, I thought we were just going to get to watch like, here's like 10 minutes unedited of practice. And we get yeah. to just like watch Jordan be Jordan. But instead you just get Ahmad Rashad being like, hey man, take off those sunglasses. Ahmad Rashad, <laughs> stock up. Stock up for sure. Every episode I was like, Ahmad is fucking crushing. Yeah. He was hanging out with Jordan the whole time. I mean, I know that one... Uh, like pasty old white guy is supposed to be Michael Jordan's best friend. But <laughs> yeah. Ahmad looks like he's up there, man. Ahmad was there all the time. I mean, Ahmad, very charming. Honestly, is it Stan Smith, the guy who wrote the Jordan Sam book? Sam Smith. Sam Smith? The singer. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Sam Smith, the singer. He was great, too, in the doc. I yeah. loved him. I wanted more of him. He's got a great big white mustache old guy look. During your – I don't know how you guys watched it. I watched it on the ESPN uh, app, I guess – Mm-hmm. on on the, my roku but did you guys have like weird little like self-tape phone snippets of like Dwayne wade like saying like yeah. what jordan meant to him most of them most of those like celebrity things were terrible awful jeremy yeah, Piven I- was just like hey i saw him once and it was cool yeah like, way to include that but noticeable uh absence of lebron james yeah Okay, all, all the people that did those bits, I think it was like one per episode. I think it was like a sponsored ad or something like that. It was like the Motorola moment of reflection. Yeah, yeah, and it was right. the, like the best players we got were Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, which mm-hmm. is like, Dwayne Wade was the also. fuck would either of these guys think about Michael Jordan? And then a bunch of fucking nobodies. Yeah. Wasn't it like uh, Jeremy Piven or somebody at one Jeremy point? Piven. Yeah. Jeremy there, Piven yeah. was one. Was Justin Timberlake in this for some reason? I don't know. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. No one said anything interesting. No. Not a single interesting story about from any of these guys. It was just like, man, I remember being a kid, watching Michael Jordan on TV and thinking, I'd like to do that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we all thought that. <laughs> there were even some moments where they had Barack Obama in there. And for a moment while he's talking, I was like, 
why the fuck is this guy in this Jordan documentary? And it's like, oh, maybe because he was the president and like yeah, another some... another black leader in the black community. Well, so it makes sense. Well, but he also like got his like he was like a political organizer like when the Bulls stuff in was, Chicago. Like, he is in a Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, 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 guy. Yeah. But but that's the level of celebrity that yes. we're talking about is some guy who like and, and apparently he's like a basketball fan, but yeah. I don't think he's like a basketball X's and O's. I don't know if anyone's like looking to talk basketball I mean, with Barack Obama in a sincere. Apparently, Barack yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, some of the stats probably left his mind when he was memorizing the nuclear codes. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But that's the celebrity of celeb. That's the level of celebrity status we've got in this documentary. Yes. And to counterbalance it with Jeremy Piven and a bunch of other people I've never seen before in my yeah, life, a bunch of no like just to tell a much less interesting story with no analysis or context is just so funny and jarring in the middle of this doc. I can't wait for the Dale Earhart Jr. documentary 10 years from now where Trump is in it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You guys going to watch The Landstock? I don't see what I, why not. I'm doing anything on Sundays. Got nothing else Lance going Armstrong? on. Armstrong? Now they're doing 30 for 30s for like the next Saturday. And it's like Lance Armstrong, Bruce Lee, and then the Summer of Slam. I hope the Lance Armstrong doc is like they talk about his biking for like 10 minutes and then it's 50 minutes on him breaking sweet Cheryl Crow's heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. man, that piece of shit. I forgot. It's I'm just a Cheryl. shadow Cheryl Crow documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'm team Cheryl, too. I, I hope she's in the doc. In the Carmen Electra spot. <laughs> <laughs> Every doc has a Carmen Electra spot. If you could pick a an athlete any athlete for them to do like this a, te- a 10 hour doc for who would you pick um can can i tell you my the, the first thing my brain went to after that question was tiger woods oh yeah actually that would that's the obvious one but that's like probably the best one too i feel like that guy has lived a life if they could get like every cocktail waitress <laughs> to like be interviewed, that would be like the greatest doc ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If they had some gritty stuff, because especially because there's this whole thing of like, I mean, there was a ton of racism that he was still dealing with, especially in golf. Yeah. And I think like we know about, but I'm sure there was so much more. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were guys like after he won like his masters who were like, "Oh, I guess they're serving like fried chicken in the in the uh, clubhouse tonight or whatever." And, mm-hmm. and people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This right. is the the greatest, maybe the greatest golfer who's ever lived." Yeah, and you're out here talking shit about him like a like a an asshole. I don't know. Right. You're right. Tiger Woods would be incredible, but he's and also that's like rich people racism. That's not just like yeah. Joe Bob at the gas station being like, "Get out of here." That's like yeah. rich. That's like, yeah, what is this person of color doing on my yard? Yeah. Yeah, it's really upsetting. I would, that would be an amazing doc. And he's also one of like the few in the best of all time at their thing conversation too. Mm-hmm. Like Tiger Woods is maybe the best golfer of all time. Yeah. I mean, once he won that last one, I think it, it closed the book. Oh yeah, well, I mean, that's another part of the story that's like so fascinating is like this is another guy who took a break and then came back and then had like all this success 
I I definitely teared up during the Masters. (laughs) I like I I watched that last Masters when he won, and I was very emotional watching it. And I don't know why. I like kind of like golf. (laughs) I watch the Masters sometimes when I remember. Yeah, but for some reason, this was like, oh my god. He could win going into Sunday. I, know. I have. I remember thinking, I have to see this. Yes, yes. I have to be here. And for then this. you zoom out, and you're just like, it's a golf game. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> golf. It's some well, rich asshole. But it was like such a redemption story. Yes. it was like so powerful. His kids were there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to the people in his life. I mean, yeah, he's just one of the greats. I think it'd be an awesome doc. Yeah, I was thinking like Mike Tyson or like. I guess it would be Mike Tyson. I was trying to think of, like, the biggest, like, fighter. Mm-hmm. I could Tyson think. would be good. So there is a great doc on Tyson already, which is really mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. Shout it out. It's called Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, it's cool, like, those those figures like Jordan or, or, or Tiger Woods who are like, like, I don't give a shit about golf. Like, I don't care at all, but I care about – tiger's place and you know it's yes these people who truly transcend their sport or whatever and like i love basketball but i know there's a million people out there who don't give a shit about basketball who then are just like oh it's interesting to me like that lebron is going against the warriors or like jordan is playing you know whatever right it's like it's it's the narrative that these narrative characters which are cool. yeah Definitely. I mean, there's like, you get swept up in like the story of it, but also it's like, it's also a story that's like about like pop culture of the nineties. Like it's kind of this like back door into like how the NBA like, like had its like best decade yet, like in that era Uh, and like how it fits into like the larger culture and everything. And that's why you've got people like Obama there being like, yeah, you could not escape this at the time. Like it was all anybody was talking about. And even fucking Jerry Seinfeld is there. Jerry Seinfeld out. Being yeah, like, funny. yeah, the show of the '90s, the team of the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. It seemed like Jordan could not give less of a fuck about Jerry Seinfeld, which I really loved. I mean, the funniest thing is Jerry Seinfeld talking to Jordan, saying stuff like, "I mean, Jordan is like, yeah, we love your show. Like, we all watch your show. We talk like we love your show." And then Jerry Seinfeld talks like continues the conversation and you see Jordan just like looking around at who else is in the room. <laughs> like cannot stay focused on this guy. I, don't even I think he was looking around to like find someone to take him away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get, hey, that. blonde guy with a perm, get this guy away from me. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think he said that he watched Seinfeld. I think he's like, oh yeah, those guys on the team yeah, watched yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. He's like already like, Okay, well, I mean, I don't really care, yeah. but okay, yeah, Jerry. some people here think you're important. <laughs> Do you was... guys remember when when Jordan jumps on the bus and he put he's like rocking out on his headphones, clearly yes, super yes. enjoying Jordan Jam. And then they said what artist he was listening to, or he said what artist he was listening to. Some guy I have never heard of, and I yep. Googled him and still have no clue who he is. <laughs> Matt, I'm Wait. so glad you're bringing this up <laughs> because you do you know about the Jordan jamming Twitter account. No, it's this this like college kid made this Jordan jamming Twitter account, and it's just that clip of him rocking out on the bus, but just with so many songs playing over top. Oh, wonderful! 
Like they have like the 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 office theme song is like the most recent one. <laughs> like, it's very good, but everybody should check it out. Not just I'll check you. that out. But it's yeah. just so funny to me. He, he's like the most famous basketball player. Like LeBron James is friends with like Jay Z. Yeah. Like that would be like if LeBron James was like really into fucking I don't know best coast or like I can't even think of like <laughs> what random yeah, like, semi successful if he was really big into sea urchin. <laughs> sea urchin they're a friend yeah it's just so it's so it was very strange to me like would it why wasn't he like hanging out with i don't know like who was big in 1997 like that guy yeah freaking uh uh okay. yeah uh you know this anybody anybody but any latimore <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it'd be possible to make an interesting 10-episode doc about any current basketball player? Like, would a LeBron James 10-episode doc be interesting? Or do we just – do we know Only, too much about him, one, or two? Is he just not as interesting or compelling a character? I think the only way it would be awesome is if we had all the same access of the Jordan doc, mm-hmm. but LeBron had no input on the final edit. Yeah. But Jordan did have a lot of input on this doc. I know. And that's why I think this doc is, I, I would say, slightly disappointing. Like, infinitely watchable, would watch 20 more episodes, but yeah. I would say slightly disappointing all in all. Because it's not, like, dishy enough because he's involved. Well, it just doesn't feel honest enough. And right. it's, 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 it's more myth-making than, like, an actual, like... I, I was expecting it to be more like the OJ doc, which I think is still maybe like the greatest documentary I've ever seen. Maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Cause it was bigger. This was a like that OJ doc it's called OJ made in America. And it is a story about America. Right. right. And race. And I mean, it's just a bigger story with OJ as the main character. And this is not a story about anything besides like Michael Jordan is good and yeah. cool. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think the LeBron question is interesting because he is, and this is as far as like the who's better question, he is undeniably a better person than Michael Jordan. For sure. (laughs) But I think that would make him less compelling in this format. Like so much of this, so much of like what's fun about this, about Last Dance is the peek behind the curtain of like what makes Jordan tick and then you get this incredible runner of just like, oh, somebody told him nice game, Mike. <laughs> and then he decided to destroy that man. And then you find out that that didn't even happen and that he made up that the guy even said that. Like, you're not going to get stuff like that with LeBron. Instead, you're going to get a lot of like what the shop is like, which is like it ends with him giving like, and that's why I tell my daughter, like, you've got a dream. Like, nothing is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you say it's possible it is possible you know like it would be a lot more of that stuff and you don't get that from michael jordan here instead you get to just like bare bones like i will destroy you and i felt that way 20 years ago and guess what i still feel that way motherfucker <laughs> like i mean there's there is a lebron doc like a fascinating one just considering all the stuff like he's a child star who has made fame like he was on the cover of sports illustrated at 13 and yet he still made it all it's like there's this inspirational stuff but Mm -hmm. then there's also like what if the episode on the 20 
2010 final or 2010 Eastern Conference finals where they lost to Boston because fucking uh what's his name fucked his mom um, oh yeah Delonte West <laughs> Delonte West yeah like if there was an un uncut unedited like really honest documentary about LeBron it could be interesting but LeBron's never gonna be like oh yeah I was pissed at the Cavs because Delonte West fucked my mom uh-huh <laughs> yeah I mean, there's got to be stuff out there. There's like the. I mean, that story's more interesting than anything in the Jordan time. <laughs> I mean, that would maybe be the. It's the best moment in the yeah. NBA history. Maybe you don't fuck Black Jesus's mom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck the King's mom. <laughs> you come at the King, you best not miss and hit his mom. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the Queen Mother you're talking about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matt, I mean, that's up. And just like his whole, I mean, his squad, I find very interesting, you know, Maverick Carter and like, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff about LeBron, but LeBron is like, he, he's just care, cares about his image way too much for anything interesting to ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Matt, we are coming now to the end of the show, uh, which means that we have to end just like we ended the first one with doing a who's hotter competition. Okay, great. I love it. A hot or not. uh, uh, And now here's, I'm going to present you with some scenarios and you guys weigh in. Are you ready? Okay. Who's hotter, Phil Jackson or Steve Kerr? Young, Young Phil Jackson is hotter than young Steve Kerr. I think old Phil Jackson is also hotter than young Steve Kerr. I think it's just Steve Jackson. Steve. Phil Jackson. <laughs> I did, in my mind, I merged them body and soul into one yeah. perfect human yeah. being. Those legs, though, Phil. I, come on. I bet you. I bet you, Steve Kerr would be a better hang, but Phil Jackson's hotter. You sure you don't want to do peyote in Mexico with <laughs> yeah. Phil Jackson? I think even yeah. on peyote, he would be like sort of insufferable to talk to. Yeah, as <laughs> a the pipe around, just being like, I was talking to Matthew Strickland the other day, and I realized. <laughs> He walks differently than all the other guys on the team. He walks backwards He's, from the village. You might call him a backwards walking man. <laughs> See, Steve Kerr. I don't trust any white guy who loves Native American culture that much. <laughs> you go into Phil Jackson's house and it's just like it's like buffalo heads and stuff. That is getting cut out. That is not okay for me to say. <laughs> Steve Kerr is a good hang. Phil Jackson is a journey. Yeah. yeah, Steve Kerr does seem like a really good hang. You want to get, you want to have weird fucking high sex with Phil Jackson, though. <laughs> yes. Okay, here's another one. Ready? Yeah. Tony Kukoc, Horace Grant. Oh, big money Horace Grant every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm think I'm gonna go Horace Grant. There's something like a fragile bird about Tony Kukoc. Like he's tough. Everyone knows he's tough. He comes from this war-torn mm-hmm. country, but I think he's just a little broken. Yes, I do think that if you were to ask Tony Kukoc, ask Tony Kukoc for something in bed, like if you were like Tony, hit me, he would go, "Why? <laughs> Why would you want me to hit you?" Agree. That's fucked up, man. 
That's fucked up. Why would you want that? Here we are. We're making love. You want me to hit you now? We're in the fight? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not nice. going to do it. <laughs> I'm also picturing his head on a swivel the whole time. Like he's afraid of an attack. <laughs> like he's just constantly looking yeah, around like a, like a prairie dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he hears the distant barrage of gunfire. I, and it's that whole adage about like how nice guys, you know, they're just not that sexual, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Horace Grant definitely like did some damage in Orlando. Like, Horace Grant <laughs> is Michael Douglas and Tony Kukoc is Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you don't want to get Grant's fucked got... by Tom Hanks. Yes. Horace Grant's got fucking mouth cancer from eating out all the skanks in Florida. Yeah. No, that cures cancer, according to Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, I thought it caused it. No, he said he his cancer was cured by going down on Catherine Zeta-Jones. Wow. Think of all, all right, the Horace... lives they could save if they weren't such selfish lovers. <laughs> I think we just have an open relationship. It could change the culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Tony Kukoc. <laughs> or Tony Kukoc. Or Tony Kukoc. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kukoc on this one. <laughs> I'm still going to go Horace Grant. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only scenario in which I'd go with Tony Kukoc. <laughs> I love him. He's my guy. I love Kukoc too. Just not a sexual being. Strickland.com. Do you have a website? Yes, you do. I do. do. MatthewLStrickland.com. What else? Where else should people find you, Matt? Where? What else should they check out? Um, uh, you can uh, check out. Go to Amazon.com. Uh, streaming on Amazon Prime is a movie called Inside Lewin Davis, and uh, I am an extra in that film. So check that awesome. out. I will check that out. I can't wait after uh, Simon Says. Yeah, Simon Says comes first. On my way to download Simon Says, I'll swing by and see your little extra spot. Do you yeah, know what minute yeah, yeah. you're in the film? What? You know what minute you're in the film at? I don't know the minute, but I know the scene. It's when uh, Oscar Isaac and Carrie Mulligan are in the Cafe Reggio. Uh, he's holding a cat. They're talking. They're getting into a fight. And then uh, your boy walks by the window. Oh, whoa. And we can see you in the movie. You can see me. That's awesome. Full frontal? Yeah. yeah, I walked by the window fully naked. Um, I don't know. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't sure I wanted to go fully naked, but Joel and Ethan, they were just like, I, it's really important for the scene. So, yeah. you know, you trust them. They're, they, they, they're Oscar winners. You trust them. <laughs> and Tim, do you want to plug uh, Come At Me Show for a sec? Yes. Check out my new podcast, Come At Me Show. You can call into the show. You can send me an email, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think about it. Wait, what's the premise? The premise is uh, it's me ranting, and uh, if you send me an email, I'll rant about that. And if you leave me a voicemail, I'll rant about that. It's my hot takes on your hot takes. Colby, you gonna wrap it up, folks? <laughs> go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com to check out everything cool that we've got going on at the station, uh, and there is so much of it. Um, you're going to cream your jeans. Matt, thank you for coming on the show again. It was so nice to talk to you. Oh, thank you for having me. Tim, thank you for coming on as well. It was okay talking to you. Anytime, Colby. I had, it was fine. 
Folks, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. This is Young Persons Radio. I'm Colby Smith. We'll see you next time. Later, Gator. Tim out.